Bonjour, and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We talk everything animation here, including Infinity Train, book three, which we'll be talking about today. Uh, I'm your host, Alex Bonilla, and today I'm joined by Michelle Andrew. Hello. Maddie Potter. Hello. And April Collins. Choo-choo! <laughs> uh, so we, we will be talking about Infinity Train, which goes choo-choo. Uh, specifically, book three, titled uh, subtitle Cult of the Conductor. Uh, we will be talking about the first five episodes that are available on HBO Max. We are recording this the day that they came out, uh, August 13th, 2020. Um, you can find our previous discussions on Infinity Train books one and two at OverTheAnimated.com. You can also subscribe to us uh, on your preferred podcast app you can find us on youtube at youtube.com slash overly animated and wherever you find us so feel free to leave us uh, a comment or a review um but yeah we are here today uh, gathered together to <laughs> react to the beginning of infinity train after several days of speculation as to how exactly this show is going to be released it turns out that we're going to this season we're going for first five episodes next week we'll do episodes six through eight and then episodes nine and ten so uh, another a different kind of schedule and as we'll get into maybe a very deliberate uh separation of of this but um we'll begin with the general reactions uh, um let's go to you michelle first uh how are you feeling after watching the the first five episodes of book three I'm deeply shook, Alex. The, I, I mean, I'm sure that's not a rare opinion among all of us, but just so much happened in these five episodes. I feel like I was like trying to compare it to book one. Like, wow, in book one, by the fifth episode, we really only were just dealing with like divorce stuff and figuring out the train at all. And now we've got like three or four things to like handle. And they're all like deeply like provoking things. And it's just so much. And it makes me like just think we really could go anywhere like if you can do this in the first five can you imagine what they can do in the next five because it's usually like towards the back end of these seasons that we're supposed to have that heart-wrenching episode right and we haven't even gone there yet so like I can't even imagine what that's gonna be now but I I really I really enjoy it so far like I I was honestly watching it a lot just like really scared because I felt like oh wow like Grace and Simon they have such a nice dynamic wonder something bad's gonna happen to that like oh hazel and tuba seem really happy they're so lucky to have each other oh no like (laughs) i hope nothing bad happens to them and so it was like constantly this whiplash of like oh this is so cute and nice and oh no is it gonna go terribly wrong and then when things would go terribly wrong it was just like confirming worst fears but i feel like those fears were seeded pretty well throughout the episode so it all made sense when things like that would happen but yeah honestly a little emotionally exhausted um i'm really impressed by everything that the crew has done so far i think every season's honestly been better than the last and i think this is definitely shaping up to be the best season overall the most complicated and probably most difficult to pull off just with the subject matter of taking very unlikable characters from last season and making them the prominent focus of this season. Like, that's very ambitious, but I I think they gave enough moments to Grace and Simon that you could really see that their bond is, like, objectively very nice. It's just, like, you really don't agree with anything they're doing right now. 
and they a rift is forming between them before our eyes and that's like a whole separate thing so it's a lot i'm i'm really impressed but very like sad and scared <laughs> at the same time impressed but sad and scared i think yeah. all comes together into shook so i think your first yeah, word overview was, was a good one uh, <laughs> uh let's go to you maddie now um how what what are oh, your okay. general feelings on book three um i think that this is just kind of now becoming infinity trains kind of becoming now the way i want anthology series to be for the first Ooh. like because Ooh. A lot of times, like, in recent history, like, Black Mirror is what people pointed to, and they're like, oh, this is an anthology series, this is what they should be like, but this is so much more compelling and interesting, because we're staying in the same setting, we're staying with the same, not necessarily the same exact characters, but it's the same, like, uh, world and the same background to it, so we always understand, we always understand more each season we start. And so that lets them just start in crazier and crazier positions each season, which is really, really interesting. Because this season would not have worked as anything other than season three of this show, which is kind of, it, it sounds stupid, but it's like, I, I really mean that as a really great thing. This show works because it's been carefully making each season more complex and more interesting and less and less straightforward with what we're supposed to feel about each of the characters tulip was very much like tulip i loved but there wasn't a lot of gray area with tulip and then we moved on to to mt and lake mt or lake whichever we're using there and then we moved on to this grace and simon which is just so much more confusing in a lot of ways because there's a lot of emotions that i feel towards both grace and simon and hazel and tuba as well and I'm just very impressed that they're riding, they're walking this tightrope for these first five episodes that, like, the tightrope's gone now. I don't know what we're doing now in the next five episodes exactly, <laughs> but that those, those five episodes of tightrope walking were so compelling and so interesting character-wise, because I knew that some, I, like, I knew that Hazel was a null almost immediately. I, I don't know about you all, but I, like, saw Hazel, like, she's a no. She has to be. There's no way she's not. And it was just... Ugh, everything just hit me so hard in that last episode. All right, all right. Uh, I, I think we will definitely talk about Hazel's null and how quickly that that comes uh, apparent to uh, the rest of us. Um, but we'll, we'll, April, um, let's get your your general thoughts first. Like uh, on the whole, how how did the how did the first half of the season play out to you? So I feel very conflicted, mm. um, especially after like the last episode, for sure. Um, but I, I definitely, like, agree that, like, I feel like this season is going to be the best season because we are, like, five episodes in and I'm already, like, blown away. I love that, you know, um, you know, it, it, like, this, like, these three seasons have really been such a journey 
like huh on a train uh but, <laughs> but, are you are you already laughing at your own jokes april i wasn't even trying to make a joke and it just hit me so somebody start the train joke counter we're all oh, two actually yeah the april train counter um but no like we've really been like on a journey with this like series because you know like like Maddie was saying, like, love Tulip. I thought she was great, but her season was very, like, you know, sort of laying out the environment and where we are. And then, like, we just continued to, like, put things in there and change things up while still being in the same place. And so, I like, I love that, you know, we're, we're where we are now. Um, I, I have so many feelings about Simon and race and hazel and tuba and i i think it's such an interesting approach to you know make grace and simon the focus of this season when you know we weren't the biggest fans of them last season and so that's part of like my conflicting emotions and feelings is because i'm like i don't know about this i also do not like the apex at all i think that is horrifying a bunch of kids running around and like murdering <laughs> things like wow, that was the honest. most like that was the most old lady thing you've ever said. I love it. I hey, feel hey, the same hey, way. Hey, hey. Around, it's it. not even. It's not even so much that they're kids. It's that like mob like cult yeah. mentality. Yeah, like, we're doing yeah. this because we we believe in the one true conductor. And I'm like, okay, so you be- you're a cult. Got it. Like, and cults are just yeah. horrifying in general. But the fact that it's also like kids is even more scary. So I have a lot of like, just like, I feel like my emotions have been like all over the place with it. Like these first five episodes. So I, I'm ready to uh, dig deep into all of these emotions. <laughs> All right. Um, I, I will say conflicted is also a word that I would use to describe my emotions towards this, uh, this season. Um, I, I think uh, Michelle mentioned as well, like, that it's the most difficult to pull off so far. And I think I lean more there towards being ready to call it the, be- uh, like, en route to the best season. I, I feel like I need to see more to, to get there. But I definitely agree that what they're trying to do is very difficult. From, uh, from season two, I, I expressed a distaste for, for Grace and Simon and where they're coming from. So, like, the fact that this season is, is starting with them in the main positions and trying to, you know, dig into how, how they got this way and to what, what's their road forward, you know? So that, that, that's, uh, that, that's an uphill climb, no matter how, who, who's in charge of, of making that kind of a story. I'd say, at least with, with some char- characters, it's working. I will also say Hazel is a, is a big surprise for me. I did not expect, to be as invested in her as uh, as I did watching these five episodes, so I'm very glad that 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 worked out pretty well, and uh, and yeah, I I I think that the tone of this season continues the Infinity Train vibe of uh, making you think hard about the institutions and systems that we're metaphor metaphorically representing here while like still trying to sprinkle in a little bit of uh, fun jokes uh, colors you know so like that they're yeah. they're uh, I, maddie called it a tightrope and i think that that's really what this what this show is being especially for for book three uh, i will we'll we'll dig deeper into the characters in our um 
uh, our uh, perceptions of them so far this season. But uh, I think that there's definitely room for this to be a really great season. But um, at least halfway through, where I, I I do think we're on the right track, so I'll at least say that much. Um, where where do we want to begin? Um, I feel like uh, where a lot of people are talking about Infinity Train, at least like early reviews I've seen, have like focused on this being uh, an even darker tone for the show than books one and two, and uh, the fact that we are focusing on like a uh, people who come from a cult uh, is uh, you know an. Uh, a, a different turn for it, and of course, episode five, which I will we'll talk in depth because it's it's out, you know, and like that the ending to that is very strong. So uh, I'm curious, um, Michelle, uh, how do how do you feel about about the tone that this uh, book is setting? Do you feel that it's uh, being too dark, or like, or how? What 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 what's your gauge on on how how the show is handling these uh, deeper topics? I think the the darkness is necessary and I wouldn't say it's even that much bigger. I think we've been seeing kind of a progression. There there were aspects of the back half of book 1 that got kind of dark and uncertain especially with the train and I think in book 2 with MT MT was coming from a place of being very frustrated like constantly on the run from the chrome popo and she she like really <laughs> dug into the train being super sketchy and like the back half of that was even darker in my opinion so i think to start off this dark honestly just kind of makes sense because we're we're so familiar with the the general groundwork for the train and how the system works that it makes sense to kind of play with some of the things we'd already set up because like we had kick the toad in last season we, oh my God. The, the conversation of the autonomy of the denizens was already there and it was one of my number one concerns after book two because it just seemed like a natural like all right we've established like the train might not have all the answers and it has a system that inherently is flawed because MT had to find a loophole to leave, but she could leave. So, like, what does that mean? It must not be perfect, you know? So, getting into just, like, what's considered a person who has humanity, who has autonomy. Like, that's absolutely where my head was already at by the end of book two, just based on what they'd given us. So, I think diving into it headfirst here makes a lot of sense. I also think just, yeah, we've had two seasons of dealing with passengers who kind of just did go through the train and leave and like had a pretty okay time and got what they wanted. So to finally have some passengers who were the exact opposite of that, who do not want to learn and grow, who revel in just like terrorizing the train, destroying things and just like generally running amok. I mean, I think that that's really interesting and that's like what I'd want to see. I wouldn't want to see another passenger just kind of have a general life lesson learned and go through the train another time because we've already seen that twice. So I feel like it makes so much sense that we're getting at this from a completely different angle. So like even though it makes me very uncomfortable because it's not fun to watch them do all this stuff and tear the train apart, it does feel kind of necessary in a way. And I'm like, I'm here for it, even if I'm like gonna watch it with one eye open, <laughs> you know. 
All right, all right. Um, uh, Maddie or April, any, anything to to add with uh, how, how you felt the the season dealt with the 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 heavier stuff? I I felt that the sh- the I felt that specifically it dealt with. Um, we're allowed to talk about episode five, right? Yes, yes. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay, because yeah. um. I felt that that specifically hit really, really, really well because they were building, like, I knew it was coming. Like, I think everyone knew, like, it was it was expected based on how everyone be in the show. <laughs> I just, that's how it be. And it was just, oh, they, like, the mirrored to, like, leaving, they, the mirrored way Simon stands over Tuba to when he was in the car it's just so painful and it's just like I knew it was coming at that moment and it just hurts so bad still oh man yeah um, <laughs> let's let's talk a little about Grace and Simon um, so <laughs> so um, obviously see at end of end of book two we got a bit of a look into both of their um, uh, their uh personalities you know simon is a lot uh t- tougher on the nulls and grace like also is anti-null but he's a little bit better at, at manipulating uh people to uh, you know especially in the conversation with jesse in the last uh, book and we get the extension of that in in the first half of the season um but we also see uh, them kind of diverging a little bit especially in uh, in grace's um position um i want to say that my uh, uh, one of my hesitations with like saying this is a great season is that very quick it become at least to me it became very quickly apparent that simon is gonna like it was gonna like stick to the road of uh, of hating nulls and grace was very quickly swayed to like begin having empathy for them so like uh, and then like it turns into like a bad a good versus bad situation which i was hoping there would be a little bit more gray area than that or at least extended out for a little bit more i don't know how you guys felt about how the dynamic between grace and simon developed over the course of the season um april i don't know if you want to chime in on that i think that it's interesting the fact like their dynamics like from what we've seen so far because they're obviously very close and they sort of seem to continue to grow closer um, through this you know adventure that the two of them are going on but um, at the same time like we are seeing change in Grace where we're not Mm -hmm. seeing that change in Simon and so it's interesting because they're they're definitely going separate ways but they seem to be getting closer. And obviously, like, um, what happened between Simon and Tuba uh, will change things for sure. At least I would hope so. But... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, I would hope. Yeah, but I mean, like, you know, we, again, like, we just haven't seen any change. And so that, like, for me personally, like, it was not surprising what Simon did. Like, I wasn't shocked by it. I was like, this makes sense. This falls in line. Like, it's obviously, like, sad and upsetting, but, like, I wasn't, like, you know, like, well, this is what Simon wanted, so, uh, yeah, <laughs> like, 
but it, 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 I, I do think that's like a very interesting approach to take because typically in this this situation in any show, you know, when characters start going down, you know, down different paths, they um, almost immediately start to grow apart from each other. But that's not necessarily this the case here. So um, I'm curious to see how this dynamic continues out past you know the tuba incident. Um. <laughs> I. I just find it like that. I think the biggest thing here is that we're showing the difference between someone who has trauma about something and someone who doesn't. Cause exactly. Great. Yeah. Cause Simon has say. trauma related to the nulls and he blames mm-hmm. all the nulls for the things that Kat did to him. But yeah. we have Grace on the other hand, who's doing this because her friend thinks this and she's like, sure, I want to help my friend and help them feel better about the way- life they're living. And that makes sense. But as soon as she's put in a situation where she's confronting her friends, like a belief, she's seeing like, wait, this might not be quite right. And I think that's really interesting and really compelling. And I don't think that takes away like the grayness or the it makes it boring in the future. I am very interested to see. I'm very interested to see how Grace and, uh, Simon interact now because I don't think it's going to be a straight up good and evil thing. I think it's going, we're going to have a discussion about how you, how you perform people and how specifically you talk about these things when trauma is involved. Cause this is a complex topic and we've kind of been dancing around it, but they really do not make it subtle that this is about racism. Uh, we will, we will get to, the, to that yeah. part in a yeah. little I, bit. I, but I, I do want to hang on, on Simon for a little bit because I, I do like that interpretation you give about Tron because I'll admit, like, that, the, the cat episode, I mean, I got that, uh, that he felt, uh, um, wronged by, by the cat for, for their actions, but I did not get the sensation that that was connected to his, his, his general feeling for the nulls. But I guess, like, if, if you, like, connect the dots, like, you can, like, sort of, uh, yeah. you can yeah. sort of piece it together. I, I would imagine that if that's the route they're going for, they'll spell it out a little, a little more in sub, in subsequent episodes, especially as Simon and Grace talk, presumably about, about the two actions. But, uh, I, I, that's, that's a good point. And, uh, because my 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 question was like, do you think that this se- uh, this season, I mean, at least the first five episodes, are doing enough to uh, keep Simon f- feeling uh, human enough, or at least like uh, um, oh. like a more like giving yeah. him more dimensions? Yeah. And I think Maddie, you ma- you made the case for that, but I'm not sure if Michelle or April, you want to chime in on how you're feeling about Simon's character right now. Well, I, I mean, I mean, I oh, go ahead, April. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say, well, I mean, um. I don't feel that great about his character, though I do think it's interesting that his number is lower than Grace's. So, I mean, obviously hers is, you know, going down, but that's something that they, you know, made very, like, apparent in the beginning of this season yeah. is that her her number is higher. So, I wonder, like, what happened? I think she was when... on the train before him. That, I... That's... Yeah, yeah, that's what I was wondering is who was on the train first because I don't know that they really said it and if they did I I wasn't paying attention obviously. But it's also <laughs> it's also interesting too because you know like I mean I wonder how high his number jumped up. 
<laughs> I am because they're covering his number for now. And- yeah, I, I, I think in, the, in those last shots, you could just see it like scrolling up, scrolling up, scrolling up. Oh, <laughs> just yeah. doesn't- I just scrolling up as he was pushing Tuba off the train, and that's it. <laughs> I mean, one thing Simon says is that so he he knew the cat before he even realized he was in the train. So yeah. that implies a lot of things. So he was 10 years old. He was in the train. He didn't, like, know he was in tra- So he never, like, left the car until well, the cat he- left him, presumably. And also it seems like, I don't know, like, that was, like, his only companion for a certain amount of time. We don't know exactly why she left him, but he kind of flipped out when he saw that she was collecting stuff again. And it seems like she- we do know that, like, she seems to value possessions over a lot of other things. So like maybe maybe she like left him for like trash or something. Yeah, I don't know. She decided to collect something instead of helping him. And I feel like it's more complicated because like she definitely wanted to say more when he was confronting her, but she like she just kind of was like, well, I feel like there's definitely more there. The thing I would say about Simon is like he at the very end when he's leaving the cabin, she says like au revoir or something to him, and he says it back to her which to me signals like not as overtly as grace but certainly for simon um it's growth it's 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 making a bridge of connection to a a person that he feels has deeply wronged him and that is still a step you know towards a a form of reconciliation so I, i don't think it's fair to assume simon is just completely written off i feel like like maddie said it his is just more traumatic and it's it's longer and more deeper felt and so he's i am assuming just like coped with that that hurt by just like projecting it onto all nulls essentially and i feel like maybe for the case of both grace and simon it's gonna take something personal to change their perspective i feel like that's exactly what hazel is for right she's a personal way for her to to revamp her entire perception of Knowles on the train because if she can care about this one so deeply she can then extend that to everything else um and there's a separate conversation i want to have about empathy but i'll wait till alex wants to get there but it's very related to yeah. this obviously. yeah well we can talk we've talked about simon enough and like the the problem that they're both dealing with is this perception of the nulls as like whether or not they're they're people um you get this conversation between grace and hazel that spells it out a a very very much very similar (laughs) to a conversation that grace had with jesse that uh, last season where she's uh, where she's describing that a null literally means zero they're nothing uh, she also uses the phrase "you can't trust them." Uh, H- Hazel responds back with, "Have you ever got to know one?" And like, mm-hmm. that's Tuba. And Grace is like, "Maybe Tuba is one of the good ones." So, like, all of this is it, language that, as Maddie described, is very close to, ra- to yeah. how, how people react to race. It's a little, un- it's a little bit on the nose. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I am curious, because because a lot of this was expressed in season in book two. I'm curious. Do you guys feel that there's anything, uh, any like new layers that are added by by this book, or, or something that appears here that that uh, affected you that did not appear last season? It almost functions like dramatic irony in this season because we've already had this lesson with with Lake. We we know that Lake is a person. We spent the whole season with her, and 
I think that that's just um, it, it, it hits different now because we're having this discussion from the other side of someone who doesn't think these people are people, but we know that these people are people because we spent the whole season with one, and I think it hits different knowing that it hits different knowing that we've done that already, and I think specifically it paints Grace and Simon in a much worse light than I think they would have been if this season came before season two. It's just very different to have this discussion after we've had a season where we humanize someone so much who is this person they hate, this type of person they hate. And I think that's a very deliberate decision. And I find it very interesting that we did it this way. And again, I think this really is a justification for how good this, like this setup they have for the three seasons is so far. I will say, I mean, until we start to talk about, like, Hazel, that most of the gnolls that we've seen this season have either been, like, inanimate objects or, like, animorph, or, you know, like, animals, you know, that have been, Mm -hmm. like, humanized and everything like that. And so I think that's also something to be said because it, I feel, I mean... Yeah, I think it, 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 like, very much would lead into, like, the case of empathy. Because, like, who's going to feel something for, like, a lamp or a yeah, light or exactly. something? And so, like, I guess it's easier to take out that type of aggression on, you know, essentially object, like, actual objects. Like, they're not inanimate, but they're actual objects. It versus, like, with, um, like, in book two, like... MT was, you know, like in human form and human shape. And if Hazel is a null, then uh, like Hazel is in human form and human shape. So like you're going to re- react differently to like someone in the same form as you versus someone who's, you know, or I guess not. I mean, well, someone who's a whatever of light fixture. Yeah, it's a very deliberate That's true. choice. I mean, but I will say that kid Lucy in the first, I believe her name's Lucy or something like that. She she seems to already see the lamp as a person. She calls yeah. it a lamp person. And immediately Grace and Simon correct her. And are like, oh, that's so funny. You think it's a person, but really it's not. And you see how they kind of just like indoctrinate all these kids into thinking the way they do. But these kids themselves, like there's still a little bit of that like empathetic side to them. And she almost seems like she wants to run away with it before Simon says like, oh, no, put it in my room. And she looks like a little scared because she knows he's not going to do anything I, great to yeah. it. I love that layer too. Like, Simon and Grace are on kind of another level than I think the other kids are. And they're really just following their leadership more than anything. I think they're perfectly capable of, you know, breaking out of this if something were to change because they have those doubts still. It hasn't been beaten out of them yet. Yeah. And, and we especially see that with Grace. And I wonder too, like if Hazel does end up being, you know, a null, that it's interesting. Like maybe that's like how Grace has to learn that lesson, I guess. Like, like you can't just be like destructive or whatever, like, because you could actually hurt people or who knows. (laughs) I, I think the lesson Grace has to learn is that she needs it, it's kind of similar to what Jesse did, where Jesse had to learn to stand up for himself. But mm-hmm. Grace specifically needs to learn to be able to step up like step oh my god, I can't think of the term now. Uh, she she needs to learn how to stand up to her friends. Like she needs to learn how I think, to 
I think she like, needs to learn to just step aside, like step aside, or like find a a way out because she's in charge of this cult essentially. Like her and yeah, Simon, she's but, in charge. Yeah, but she's the most in charge, and so I yeah. think for her, she really just needs to find a way to, like, just leave. And I think that would be like the biggest lesson for her is to like recognize that this is unhealthy behavior but, and leave. But but what I'm saying is that like when you look at Grace, like this is my this is my reading of it. And I mm-hmm. see that reading with Grace doing that. But with my reading, when I'm watching, I'm seeing that every time she's talking to someone, she's presenting a very different person to them. She's trying to have everybody she's, like her. She's and, and, very much a chameleon. Yes, and it's very different than the, and it's very interesting because we had Jesse last season, but this is a very different type of person than Jesse because Jesse just wanted people to like him. But Grace wants everyone to think that she is the best person. She wants everyone to think that she cares about them the most. And that includes Simon, and that includes every individual kid in the Apex. We see mm-hmm. that in that episode where she's like, oh, I'm putting this in my private collection. And we know that's not true, but she wants them to think it. And that's the most important thing to her. I feel like her connection with Simon is genuine, though. Like, I don't think their rapport is fake. Whereas with the children, I think the way she talks to them is just like a very charismatic, positive reinforcement kind of child control method. Like, I think there's a reason a lot of these kids are like significantly younger than them. And that's just her approach. And I, I don't think we should confuse because... So Simon and Grace have reasons the train picked them up, which could yeah. be divorced from the cult and like the numbers that have accumulated from them being in the apex. And I wonder if there are maybe like two lessons they potentially have yeah. to get through at this point yeah. to actually leave the train, not just one. And I, I, I think what I'm saying is that I'm not saying that she is presenting someone who's not herself to Simon, but she shows a lot more concern for her number when she's around Simon. So much so that yeah. Simon in turn, it's like, my number's so high now, and she's just, like, not caring about that, because Tuba's dead. And I think that that's really interesting. <laughs> well, interesting. I, I think it's a matter of saving face with, it, like, uh, with her yeah. friend. Like, obviously she's concerned right. about Wait, her number. Yeah. But I wonder if maybe her concern isn't necessarily, like, oh, I'm work. I mean, and it could be that she's worried that if her number's not as high, then Simon won't want to be as close to her or her friend or whatever. But it could also yeah. be like, you know, maybe her concern is coming from a place of like, oh, my number's going down. Um, maybe I do want to see what happens when it gets to zero. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, because they even admitted, like, we don't know they what don't happens know. when, yeah, when kids' zero, numbers hit zero, just that they disappear. So they don't know that those kids, you know, are going back to the real world. They just know mm-hmm. that they disappear. And that's very, like, that, you know, if, like, as someone with high anxiety, um, <laughs> Mood. like, if I Mood. didn't know, yeah, if I didn't know, like, what was going to happen to me if my number got down to zero, I'd be like, all right, let's keep this number going. Like, let's how can keep I come- this going. It's a yeah. good mood we got. Yeah. Like, how can I get this number <laughs> as high as possible? So I totally, like, understand that, like, that maybe her actions are also like anxiety driven as well. Like she doesn't, she doesn't want to find out, but maybe now she does. Uh, I, 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 
I want to bring up um, the the only time that Grace talks about her life before the train is in that debutante episode where she's talking about the, mm-hmm. being in dance lessons, about how she she had classes alone, and the one time that she got to be with other with uh, other people of her interest, they ignored her, they went off without her, and she is she immediately has to be like, well, but that's because I was much better than them, so they were intimidated, you right? Know? So it's but- like there's the underlying feeling of being alone and wanting to be a part of something and then the 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 coping method of i i need i am the best at this thing so that's what matters uh so like and i think that says a lot about how how she acts with the with the cult as well like she's the leader of a a powerful group in there and that's going to mean something for someone who's coming from a place where they may have felt uh, alone for a lot of their life i'm willing to bet that she's an only child And because, like, the idea that, like, a kid to think, like, oh, those people don't like me because I'm that much better than them, that's something an adult puts into their head, like, their parents, you know, especially, like, if she comes from, like, a wealthier family. But I also don't know if that's even what she believes. Or a defense mechanism. Yeah, because I feel like that was, like, the excuse she made to feel comfortable with the situation with those other kids. Mm-hmm. Rather than maybe that actually being the truth. But I do like from watching the episodes, it really struck me like because I really I really honestly do like Grace and Simon's bond. But the thing that kept worrying me is that Grace like Grace knows how to solve puzzles. Grace is really good at like saving Simon's butt. Simon had a death count of like six times. Yeah, that, that, that stuck out to me too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like she's she she proven to be really good at things in a way that he admires but that also I worry is like because she's like kind of better and like the leader that could turn to animosity under the right situation and if they're starting to have fractures in their friendship like that kind of thing might be an issue though I will say like it it struck me in the cabin episode that she finally does like you know she she shares with him that her numbers going down. She says she's not sure why. She admits to him that she was worried to tell him because he might think of it as a weakness. Yeah. That and you know and that takes some genuine trust and vulnerability. So I I think that does speak well to their relationship. But I do not think it's enough to keep it from just breaking apart. So and, yeah. and I I, I want to touch on that because she's like the numbers going down and she doesn't know why. Is that because she's, is that just because Hazel's a no? Like, and even though she doesn't know, the train is recording that she's being nice to a no. Yes, I I honestly think absolutely, because her hurting no's is what the apex is all about. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, like, the apex is all about hurting no's, and for Hazel to be one, and then for, you know, Grace to just showing so much, like, you know, kindness and, like, even, like, the fact that, like, Hazel is getting her to actually solve the puzzles of the cars, like, because that's yeah. not something they, like, they've ever done. And so for her to sort of, like, influence her to do that, you know, that's, that's like, a huge step. And that definitely could bring forth, like, because Grace is obviously good at, you know, everything she does, essentially. But, <laughs> she's but, just like, great. Yeah, she's, she's just great. great. Um, but like that could also like build that animosity between her and Simon because Simon has no interest in doing any of that. 
And, you know, because, and it would not surprise me for Simon to sort of take advantage of that vulnerable moment that she had with him because she did admit that her number is going down. And then if he sees her, you know, solving these puzzles and helping Hazel, then, um, it's possible that he's going to see that as her turning against him. Oh, like triggering when the cat left him. Yeah. yeah. That makes they, she's, sense. she's choosing someone else over Simon. Yeah. Just she's choosing like, someone else. Order. She's choosing herself in a way because, yeah. you know, her number's uh-huh. going down. She's, you know, she's not doing what Simon is used to. Mm-hmm. Totally. Uh, also, I think, I don't think at the end of that episode Simon sees the transformation, so also it could be he an extra. Yeah, an he doesn't know wrench. what's going on with her. Yeah, it could be an extra wrench that yeah. Grace will go with the knowledge that she's a doll, and Simon will later find this out. Be like, you kept helping her after that. I think, and so I think we're gonna move forward. Yeah, I think I we're gonna move forward with Grace ex- telling her to hide it. Yeah, I feel like yeah. she's gonna tell her to change back because, like, if Simon sees her as a turtle right now, there's no way he's not gonna try to wheel her or something. Like, there's no way. So, like, that's the immediate thing that Grace is gonna have to figure out how to reconcile. I'm sorry, just the idea of using wheeled up as a verb. <laughs> like, I know, but like, when, when he said it about Tuba, so just like slack jaw. Oh god, and, it was like, terrifying. No emotion. It was terrifying. It was. Oh yeah, it I was, was very. Scary. I was scared. I was shooketh. <laughs> shooketh, okay. Uh, and and the, even like Grace's rea- uh, reactions with, with Tuba throughout the season, uh, I mean, I feel like most of it is just impulsed by, okay, Hazel has this connection to Tuba, so maybe I should feel things for Tuba. But even that like is, is like a, very small in this book, but it is also something uh, that's changing in, in Grace during during the season to the point where she she reacts very uh, she reacts not- noticeably when when she gets that news that, that he's been wheeled. <laughs> But, uh, wheeled. Sorry, I said it'll never not be funny to me, that yeah. whole term. Uh. <laughs> I mean, it's, I mean, okay, it's uh. awful, but, like, the word is just, like, funny, that they're saying, like, I wheeled him. It just doesn't sound as bad. Like, I think you, you, you know, you know what it is? It's too close to wheelie, and wheelie is a really fun <laughs> oh word. Oh my god! Say. There's wheels on trains. I was going to say there was, wasn't like <laughs> my brain to wheel being bad, and so just you <laughs> said, but obviously it's completely terrifying because it's making me think. That's of, probably why they use it because yeah. it doesn't. It sounds a lot better than murder. It's like oh, well, I just wheeled someone. It's fine. I do it every day. Bad. You know, and it's like, so much easier. It remind it, it it gives me images of what Lake did to the 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 capo last season. I, I think that that's oh a big God, deal. Capo. Like the fact that we, the fact that we know what that looks like is yeah, <laughs> like ma- makes it all perfect. the more effective. Like yeah. they've really constructed these seasons so carefully that they don't need to show us that again. We know what it looks like, and it's awful. Yeah. <laughs> we are well aware and are on well the aware. same page. <laughs> yep. very much so. Um, we can talk a little bit about Hazel herself. Uh, we, we've talked around her, but we haven't really like yeah. focused in on on her specifically. Uh, we we get we are introduced to her as like kind of a lost girl that's found this uh, this knoll to uh, presumably the the helper the same way Alan Dracula and and Atticus were so many times. But like a, as we as we go through the season, we get uh, Hazel being like slowly won over to to the side of of the apex. 
pets and wanting to uh, ha- also sh- sharing with Grace the idea like wanting to be part of a group. And then episode five happens and we see she's a turtle person. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah. It's fine. <laughs> so, it's fine. <laughs> Everyone's uh, fine. Turtles are good. Hazel's not fine. It's not Hazel's a bad not, thing. <laughs> Hazel's in Hazel. Well, Hazel's in danger. Right. Well, there are worse things to be than a turtle. I'm just saying. Yeah, you could be a tuba. Oh, definitely. You could be a tuba. Oh, that's mean. You could be a lamp. Yeah, you could be a lamp. You could be you could be Randall and be like a water bubble. Oh, Randall. I think he's got it figured out. Good. Um, so, I guess the question with Hazel is, what's her motivation exactly? I think the show spells it out well, but, like, what did you guys uh, get get out of uh, what what Hazel's deal is in, the, in this season? I, I definitely think it's very similar to Lake's feelings, but we're getting it from a perspective where we don't know that, that she is like Lake at the beginning, because she wants to be like other kids. She wants to be human, and... But unlike Lake, she doesn't really want to get off the train. She doesn't care about that. She just wants to be accepted. And that's a really big thing. And again, this goes back to the identity stuff we talked about last season, where it's just she just wants to be herself and be accepted by the other kids because that's who she is. She is another kid, but she just doesn't look the same. And she's really – I find this just really compelling just as much as it was with Lake. But just it's a little more difficult because it's shrouded from us for most of the season. I really like that. I mean, one thing that really struck me is that she doesn't seem to remember who her parents are because when Grace asks her, she just keeps saying she doesn't know. She's doing that on purpose, though. I think she's lying about being a human. Oh, really? To make them them be like, hey, I'm a human. Don't, don't like, she knows that if she tells them that she's a null and tells them that her parents are on the train, that they won't, they'll want to get rid of her. I don't know. I mean, I feel like Hazel's a very straightforward person. I mean, that's part of why I find her so charming but, myself. But, but like, it, hear me out. Hear me out. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. I, I feel like maybe she, for some reason, maybe she like lost her memory about some, maybe something really traumatic happened. I mean, we did see the apex messing up the turtle car. She's a turtle. It makes sense. Maybe she came from there. Maybe something happened to her parents that the Apex are responsible for. It freaked her out so bad she went into a different car. And she maybe she saw an actual passenger in that car. So, like, subconsciously she turned into, like, a person shape and drew the number on her hand to be like, oh, well, that's, like, them. And I guess I'm, like, this person. Like, I don't know if she, like... She could be, like, subconsciously wanting all the things you're saying without being, like, really aware of it right now. Because she's, like, what, six? Yeah, she's very young. She is very young. I think maybe she mentally blocked out what happened to her parents. And, like, those memories are there, but she's, like, not ready to unpack that because she's a little kid, you know? But we might get it, like, later. So I I see that. And the way I'm reading it, though, is, like, because specifically we have that conversation where she's testing the grounds where she's like doing that thing where minorities like go like hey how do you view these people really that's true that's and true. and i think that there's more going on in hazel than we are, are like seeing so far like i think that hazel is fully aware that if she tells grace that she's a no grace will not let her follow with them and that's so sad and that's so 
like she tried to she gave herself a number when she shapeshifted. That's so yeah, sad. Uh, she wanted okay. to fit in. I wonder mm-hmm. so I like I like that theory. I also wonder if like Hazel was intended by the train to be sort of <laughs> that like guiding force for Grace so oh, that definitely. Grace could get Whoa. her number down. I, I was going to bring but that up too. I, yeah. Yeah. So That's the way that, I that, agree. That was my first thought is that, okay, so like she, like she's there to do, to be that person for Grace. But I wonder if at the same time, Hazel is starting to become, oh, I want, I'm going to use the phrase self-aware. Oh my <laughs> and God. So, yeah. But kind of like, like she's like, NT like 2.0 so she's learning you know in her her uh, I guess she's being successful so I'm not gonna say attempted like um like trying to fix or help grace but she's also at the same time being like well man like I want to be a human like I want to like be a part of a group I want to you know like I want to continue to be with these people and so I think I like I think that would be like really wonderful. And then I would love to see like Grace and Hazel get off the train together. Like I think that would be great. <laughs> or I like just... Grace helping Hazel get off because that would be so like um like I unselfish of her. I think that what we're going to see is that Hazel doesn't want to get off the train. I don't think yeah, we see anything from her that from her that she wants to. I think she just wants friends and she wants acceptance and that's really it. And like, not that that's a not big thing. I'm just saying that I think that we are going to get to the end and Hazel's going to say bye to Grace and she's going to be fine with that. I mean, I, I think that would be like a really great outcome for Hazel as well or for her to stay behind and help, yeah. you know, help the kids of the apex maybe find things yeah. along those get lines. Get their numbers like, down. Yeah, help them get their numbers down. You know, give give to them what she's, you know, Got been it. giving to Grace. Yeah. So Or Aww. I think it's also completely possible that we see this season someone who just doesn't want to leave the train, period. Like a human. And yeah. that I'm, is possible. That could be that could be Grace as well. Like she chooses to stay behind so that to she help. can help other yeah. people get off the train. I think that would be a wonderful like ending for Grace as well. Her and Hazel, dynamic duo, will have a <laughs> new tuba. Um it's- especially (laughs) whatever (laughs) too soon but especially because um we have this we have a situation where like they're implying grace and simon they've been on the train for so long it's been maybe 10 plus years for them and maybe maybe she won't want to go home i need you off my train you've been here too long no but i don't (laughs) think grace is gonna realize everyone who did love me probably thinks i'm dead probably thinks I've oh, been I dead. Know. I don't know if that's, I mean, I don't think it's been that long. Like, but, I mean, it's don't really, we don't really know how, like, well, and maybe it's been seven years for Grace on the train, but when Grace goes back to the we real world, she know. goes back to the real world, maybe it's only been, like, a day or an hour. That would be really Because we've Did never... Say that it happens in real time, though that you're yeah, gone on the train as long as you're gone. Does it happen? So in it's real time? been at least like maybe a decade for Grace, like point yeah. blank being on the train. Is she yeah. really almost like twenty? That that's the impression. Maybe. At, the, at the youngest, maybe like seventeen, sixteen. Yeah. 
but but it's definitely been years. It's definitely been been years. Well, uh, Simon, because they said Simon was, was ten when he was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I feel it, like at least seven years. <laughs> yeah. One one thing I, I want to also mention, like in this uh, talk of like Hazel, you know, having her her own life and her own decisions here, like we also get a little bit with like Tuba as well. Like she uh, she brings up this that she's had a past family, she lost them at some point, and she and like she's glad that Hazel entered her life. So like it, 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 it's it's like man, like is this trade like creating like whole families of things that they can like get and they can like get injured (laughs) like we saw that that turtle worker guy with his like wife and child in their house with no wall like there are whole families of creatures that just this train is their ecosystem and they can just like you know live their whole like entire lives and they could like lose their children (laughs) and it's like oh god there's a full full life Uh cycle here for a lot of these creatures yeah which is why it's so messed up that they're all created just for humans. Like, even if humans, like, treated them better, I mean, that's still, like, really not okay. I'll never be over this about the train, you guys. Like, this just... That it's making people? <laughs> that it's making creatures, and, and it is... Opinion. And it, it is... Yeah. We are forgetting. It's a book, too... One one straight up like tells MT she shouldn't leave because she's so good at helping. Like that is more or less the point he sees to her, and that uh, objectively, that's the point he sees to any creature, any gnome on this train. It's really interesting because one one in a lot of ways has a very similar view to Grace and Simon. He doesn't oh, view yeah. the gnomes as people. He doesn't exactly. think they're alive. Exactly. He thinks they're just his puppets, mm-hmm. and that is creepy. I don't yeah. think one one's as bad as Grace and Simon say he is, but I think one one does have well, these layers. It's really creepy that what he's I, doing. It's yeah. just really one interesting one because they have this, they have the same feelings, but yet Grace and Simon are so against one one, and yeah. like one yeah. one for, and they think that one one's against them and is out to get them, but we haven't really seen too much evidence of that. Like, oh, like they <laughs> so all the things they, they said that one one was doing. Messing he the cars around. Yeah. yeah. We, like, well, honestly, he might be doing, but they're like wrecking his train cars. So, like, I kind of get it from his side that, yeah. like, I really don't want this one to be completely destroyed. Yeah. I need it to go. push it to the back. <laughs> yeah. That's a completely <laughs> different reaction than stopping them from being the apex, which it doesn't seem yeah. like he's really done. Like, he yeah. might have thrown, like, I think the train threw Grace and Tuba at Simon and Grace. You no, know, Hazel and Tuba at Simon and Grace. Yeah. And Simon failed his test. Real bad. Like, let's be honest oh, here. Oh, yeah. But, but Grace was passing. Grace was doing it. And I don't think that that's necessarily evil, what 1-1 was doing there. Yeah. But they just if one one was behind it, it that, that still bothers me, though. Because, like, again, he like... set to up to die. Well, I mean, that, that, even if he didn't expect it to turn out the way. But also, again, it's just, like, this one thing, like, playing with people's lives, like, with this outcome that it just wants them to have because it feels like it knows best. And even if, that, even if like, Grace comes to a good realization about having empathy for the Denzins, I, I just hate that it would be at the hands of one one. If this happened organically without his involvement, that would hands down be best case scenario for me. 
But I think we're going to confront that this season. Wait, I hope so. Yeah. I hope I think, so. I think we're going to get to the end of this story. Like, I, I really feel like we're going to have someone not leave the train, whether it's Simon or Grace. And they're going to confront one one and be like, no, you want me to leave. You think my lesson's been learned, but I can't, like, use this lesson you've taught me unless I stay here. I would I love feel that, like Simon will end up staying. You think Simon, Simon will stay? I think Simon's also got a long way to go. Like, much further than, like, Grace does, for sure. I, but I would rather Grace stayed than Simon. But... I, I don't yes, know. I agree. So who's but, gonna stay, then? I don't know. Maybe they but both I stay. Maybe they both stay. I well, also, wait, do we get a book four? We do have a book four coming, as far as we know, I think. Okay, then it'll be Simon who stays. I think we do. Is that? I, I'm sorry, sorry. Know. We don't know, but I think we don't know. Due, due yeah. to production stuff, we think there's one more ten episode drop coming. Right, right. Um, yeah. So uh, whoever I, oh, yeah, gets to stay to will be in the next uh, five. Wow, wow. Uh, whoever gets to stay will be in in the next five episodes. Um, I, I I briefly want to mention um, this. This book is titled um, "The Cult of the Conductor." Uh, does anybody like expect a Amelia return, like the old conductor, or are we planning on bringing her back at some point? Uh, any any way we can s- s- slip her in here? I think I have a question oh. about that. Yeah. I, basically, like there was a moment when Grace was like trying to convince Hazel that the eight packs were super great, and she's really good at talking to kids, so she was super charismatic and smooth about it. But she she was basically saying like, oh, like there was an evil robot. The true conductor had like this <laughs> blanket <laughs> cape on and this big body and this red line, and that's why we draw it on our faces. And they had a lot of numbers on their arms, so that's why we know it that we're supposed good. to. My question is, okay, the robot didn't, Amelia did. They used he pronouns, so they definitely don't know Amelia's Amelia. Yeah. They think the conductor's, like, so, some dude, I guess. But how in the world would they know about her arm number if that's the case? Like, how does Grace know that information? And I that makes me really wonder if she is going to find yeah. um, Amelia at some point. To kind of <laughs> deal with this question, I think the, the, the point there, is we the, so, there was well, that. I like, just want to mention that there's a there's a line as well in the debutante car where he, she mentions that the conductor saved her life once, which is also uh, like uh, huh? I didn't remember that. <laughs> I, okay. I completely forgot that. I forgot yeah, that well, th- this is when she's talking about the conductor. He's like, and she saved my life once, or, or he That's saved my life once. But like, <laughs> it's like, huh? <laughs> Yeah. Okay. That's really interesting. Okay. I, I was going to say, say I didn't remember something that. Sure then. Yeah. I so know. like uh, um there there there's seeds there. So I, I at least I'm interested to get get her back in the midst. Um uh, other um other stuff I've been seeing uh, floating around. Well, we already talked like oh, uh, the the whole idea of one one potentially targeting Grace and Simon with like the car moving. Uh, so you guys are like kind of mixed on that. Like maybe, maybe not. Maybe. I, yeah. I fully believe it. I fully believe that that's what <laughs> at least with the first car moving. I don't know what's happening with the second car moving because it seems set up in such a way that one one might have killed two on purpose. And that's terrifying. I really hope not. <laughs> oh my god. I, I bet that was sad one. That, that was totally sad. That was sad. That was sad one. Obituary. <laughs> 
I have podcasting, all of us talking at once. Yes, yes. Uh, I have seen a theory float around that Hazel might be a mitz of a null and a human somehow. <laughs> I just and, and, anybody into that? No, I, I that what I think. Other than that, is that maybe um, <laughs> Hazel is not a turtle? Because I think that might be a fake out. I think Hazel's some uh-huh. kind of shapeshifter in that she just turns into a turtle because maybe that's one of the other forms she took at one point. I think she can change into a lot of things. And she's just been trying to find a place she fits. And she wants to fit in somewhere. And that would really, like, I think interlock with this story she's going with and this idea that she can turn into a lot of different things if she just wants to be with kids her age. Because she always keeps finding that, like, people, that she gets lost and she's alone. She doesn't have parents. And she just gets this ragtag, like, group of people always. And they just kind of leave her behind. And that's sad. Well, and she seems very, like, happy and content as a child. Like, I mean, for someone who's, like, you know, gone, we can only assume gone through what she's gone through, um... Like, she seems to be, like, happy and joyful. Like, she gets to be sort of, uh, like, carefree. She's like, we have to learn the dance. Like, you know, yeah. upbeat. So, I think it's easier for her to to have that attitude as a child versus a turtle or anything else, for that matter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, um... Yeah, one final thing I want to bring up. Uh, does anybody, is anybody keeping their hopes up for Tuba coming back? Because, oh, yes, no. We, no. We, yes, yes. we did not see him die. I think there is her, always her. a chance. Yeah, or we her. Did, we did not see him die. die. There's always a chance she could come back. She, she's smart. She's very capable. I don't think we're going to see Tuba come back. I think we might see Bugle, though. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Listen, that's the maximum that is sad we can reach. So it Aww. might actually be what we get. Uh, uh, yeah, I, 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 now, now I'm rooting for that, honestly. <laughs> I, did not, I did not think that was an option. But, uh... That's the most depressing option, Alex, so I find it. I always yeah. find the most depressing choice. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, then uh, moving from depressing as we begin to wrap up here, are, are there any um, like uh, fu- funny moments that stood out to you? I mean, at, at the end of the day, this is the like sort of a young adult show, so like you know they're they're throwing in some jokes too. Any anything that stood out to you, Michelle, of like the the lighter stuff? I so I want to praise this show for giving Hazel actually good child dialogue. And I think I've said it before that it seems like a lot of shows can struggle with making children characters seem like actual people and not just like these baby talking nonsense characters that say things for the parents to like jump off of. Like she has a lot of really funny dialogue, but it's not like she doesn't talk like she's three years old. She talks like somebody who honestly is a child and just has like a really funny, quirky kid way of describing the world. Um, like, at one point, she says, like, then you'll die until you're dead. And, like, that <laughs> yeah. thing is just, like, so cute and endearing. Um, and it just shows what, like, a likable, just, like, you want to protect her. She feels like the best thing in the world. There's no way for you to not like her. And I feel like that's exactly why she's so perfect for Grace to start grappling with this issue of, you know, who does she care for? And, and what's, like, the thing she should be looking out for at this point? So, also, she's not 
dumb. Like she's silly yeah, and she's yeah. she is so perceptive. And she yeah. pushes back pushes back about the dancing with Grace. Like she argues there. She's like, wouldn't it be easier to just like do the dance than to try to like break out of the room? Like that's way more straightforward. And Tuba's there to back her up. You're like, yeah, we should just follow the rules, you guys. And they're like, oh, fine, we'll do it. And it's fine. It works yeah. out. Well, it, it, it's great because she has like she's a very almost balanced character in the fact that like she has those moments where like she is very much a kid, like she's like, oh, just do the dance with me, like be my partner. But then she's just like, yeah, but it would just be easier to do the dance. Or we know this will like, work. Yeah, we know, yeah. like we know it'll work if we just do the dance. Or she and she even has like some very like good moments where you know she talks whenever she's talking about how she wants to be like brave and special, like. That's very like mm-hmm. sweet and uh, it's it's interesting though too because like it's it's something that like you would hear out of a kid but not in the way that Hazel delivered it. Like the way that she delivered it was much more like impactful in my opinion at least. So and like beyond her years. Yeah, yeah, she has like this kid wisdom about her that's just very striking kid and I wisdom feel like is so good. Grace and Simon are almost <laughs> a little shook by like how sure of herself she seems, which like maybe you only can be that sure of yourself when you're like that young. You're like you just have that blind confidence, but it's so good with her. Yeah, yeah. So I, I definitely agree that uh, Hazel is one of the better uh, child act acting in <laughs> in animation I've seen in a bit. Uh, April, any any of the funny stuff stood out to you? Um. I thought it was funny, so whenever they had to learn the dance, I thought it was funny that, like, all of the, like, feet, like, the footprints were on the floor, but there was never, like, a point where it was, like, you start here. Yeah. (laughs) All of it at once. And I literally, like, sat there, and I was just, like how do you know where to begin though? Like I I had that moment and I was like, oh, y'all are just going for it. Okay. (laughs) Like, cool. Have fun with that. Uh, br- briefly with, with the dance stuff, um, there, there's like a very slight romantic tension between yes! uh, yeah, Gra- yeah. Grace and Simon because, like, it. well, because like Hazel like points out, hey, ballroom dancing is good for couples, don't you though? <laughs> so, like, <laughs> that, 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 thanks, Simon Hazel. Several times, like Grace never blushes, but Simon blushes yeah. twice, and I noticed it. And I was like, oh, is this a moment? Is this real? And I think maybe. And and I think that it's on purpose that we only see Simon blushing about it. I think this is purposefully oh, something. Yeah. I, think, I think this is purposefully <laughs> a one-sided thing that we're seeing Simon does a lot of things to appease Grace. He does a lot of things because he wants Grace to like him. And I don't think that's all of his motivations, but I do think he's doing that sometimes. He, he like when he walks back in, he, he's proud of killing Tuba. He's proud and he wants Grace to be proud of him. And yeah, he said, like, killing. I thought you'd be happy, right? When Yeah. Uh, after, and, like, she's not, but, like, it kind of does imply he did it for her benefit as much as his own. He thought that she couldn't do it because she was taking care of Hazel. He thought she mm-hmm. didn't want to do it because she didn't want to do it in front of Hazel. Hazel. Oh, and man. It, <laughs> this is going to hurt. Like still very much under the impression that like Hazel was is like human. Um and so yeah. that at le- I will give Simon that that he was pandering to the idea of like, okay, I'm gonna do this, but I'm 
we're not going to do it in front of Hazel. Like, uh, so. I mean, that's fair. You can give it's that. fair, that's, that's, but also, the tiniest like, bit of, of <laughs> then that changes obviously at the end. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Maddie, any, any, any um, other um, funny stuff that you want to point out? Um, I'm trying to think of any funny stuff. I liked Frank a lot. Frank was great. Frank is the bear. Yes, Frank is the bear. Okay. Wow. How did you remember Frank's name, Maddie? <laughs> There's this funny line where Kat's like, Frank, this is not the time. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. Like, okay. They were a couple for a minute. They have matching bathrooms they and they're in this uh-huh. cabin together. The cat, why are you with the bear? Like, girl, live your own life, but also, hey, like, the, the cat can the do what she wants. wants with with the bear she, with sunglasses. She clearly can do what she wants. I was just really not mentally prepared for this revelation. <laughs> I'm, I'm adjusting. And really I wasn't fine. ready. I wasn't ready. I, I think that that's... I, I, I think it's just really funny. that Because the cat just says, like, this is... I, I It took a lot of work, but this is... This is it. This is the life. And, like, Frank's <laughs> the there. Candle's yeah. there. The, the, the ambiance of the yeah, water it took I love, so much. What was it? What's the water? Randall. Uh, Randall. 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 I yeah. love that Randall was just like, oh, we saw you having a snowball fight. We, we wanted, wanted to join. join. <laughs> we wanted to join. We made more stuff for you. Oh, well, so I'll, cute. I'll have to tell Randall. And then I'll, love- I'll have to tell uh, Randall as well. Like- <laughs> I love the harvestist thing where he's just like, oh, that's the best ending. That yeah. Talk and everybody wins. <laughs> he's just uh, so cute. Yeah, Randall is gray. He's my boy. Uh, also, Frank. Um, th- th- there's there's a moment with Frank where the Grace is walking by and she notices Frank cooking, and Grace keeps walking. And then we just hold on Frank for like ten seconds, just like shaking the pan. <laughs> and it's like nothing else yeah. happening. It's like okay, it, it was <laughs> like a just, very strange moment. Yeah, it's like really like hammering home. Like yes, this is a bear cooking. Take it in. Uh, <laughs> it's happening. Are then, you hungry? Do you want? Um, can I help you? <laughs> uh, also, I'll say um, episode five because it's like a ends so like it's dramatically and serious. You may forget that it's called the color clock car, and there's like a wacky wheel character named Roy, and he's all oh like, my God, "Hey guys, guy. I'm Roy." Roy's your boy. Grace does not like him, and I like I feel that so strongly. I also am like, and he's not Roy. I love the two was like he's out of ten, and I need him to be out of yeah. six. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like Tupa's hey, so it's, ma- it's mad as fuck, guys. Tupa's <laughs> so good. And, and I think at the end, when when they solve it, he, he Roy gets like a deeper macho voice for some reason. He's yes. like, hey, I'm, I'm very Roy good. I'm your boy. But I just, I just love Tupa. You're at a Ted. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that 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 is very much a mood. Yes. Oh my god. Uh, so. Yeah, we, we have uh, discussed all the major topics of the first five episodes. I, I think we've also expressed a little bit about our, our hopes and worries for the future for the future episodes. Uh, we'll be back to, to talk about them further. Um, I don't know if you, uh, anybody wants uh, any final thoughts to get in before I, I sign off here. Just excited for trauma next week. Yeah. yeah. We're going to delve into people's traumas. I want to understand more context with the cat. I never would have imagined we were going to get like the cat every season. It's the biggest joy 
ever. Oh my god, the cats are there all the time, and I love it. I love the cats always here. I I really think there was a good reason. I I really want to know. I when they said that they'd met each other, Grace and Simon, when he was ten, I assumed that meant they were childhood friends. But no, they did still meet on the train. So yeah. again, Simon's initial reason for coming on the train is yet to be revealed, and I wonder how that's going to play into his reluctance to maybe deal with changing his perception of the nulls or just like his place within this new system he's built for himself and maybe that's where the real fracture between him and grace is going to come from but i want a little more from simon i feel like i understand grace pretty okay but simon's still sort of a mystery i am so excited to see more about the cast and the way he reads and the way he reacted to the stuffed gum is just i (sighs) want to see what that's about so worried but i want to see it (laughs) yes (laughs) yeah 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 so uh there's there's a lot to look forward to and uh over the animated we'll be back next week to discuss uh, the next uh, three episodes until then you can look up more about us at overtheanimated.com you can join us on discord if you want to chat with us about infinity train or any other animated show we cover here at overtheanimated.com slash discord uh, you can support us via Patreon at patreon.com slash animated. Thanks to all of our current patrons, especially our patron of the podcast, Julie. Uh, thanks, as always, to our Patreon executive producers, Ryan, Steve, Beatrice, Hugh, Michael, Needle, and Phonation. Uh, besides Infinity Train going on, we've uh, we've covered um, a lot of other shows recently. Um, Owl House comes comes to mind as uh, something we're, we're keeping an eye on, Amphibia as, as well. Um, so, so keep, so along with Infinity Train, a lot of other uh, shows dealing with uh, different kinds of uh, trauma out there. Trauma is uh, so fun. Yeah. I think literally it's a line from Owl House. So she seems like, yeah, this baby's ready for trauma or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. And, and, and I saw a meme that was like, this is all 2010s cartoon protagonists. And I'm just like, yep. Uh, <laughs> We're gonna get past 2020. We're gonna see shows that were made in 2020, and it's gonna get so much worse. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> uh, find the most relatable content in uh, in animation. You'll, you'll uh. enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, uh, very relatable. I don't want to do that. <laughs> well, too bad. We're you... doing it already. That's what this whole podcast is for. Uh, go, 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 go watch Amphibia if you want something lighter. Was that like a sigh? You're like, oh, Amphibia. Amphibia is so nice in the opposite of this show. Both of these shows, but Amphibia is like pure fun right now. Yeah. You should yeah. watch it. Uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll cover all those shows and we'll be back for Infinity Train next week. Until then, talk to you later. Au revoir. Bye. Bye. Choo-choo!